This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It falls to Ely on the volley! What a finish! Gotti Kinda has struck! It falls to Polito and he puts it in! To Johnny Russell, first time shot! And Johnny Russell has a hat trick! The Sporting KC Show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer with only 95 calories and 2.6 carbs. Michelob Ultra. Find your fit. Now your host, Nate Bucati. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. I should say your home for first place, Sporting Kansas City Soccer. Of course, depending on what happens tonight, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. There are games tonight, and it is a very tight race in the Western Conference. We're on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We're on wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you downloading, listening, subscribing, liking, all of those things. And we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joined, as always, by the one and only Allie Trost. Allie, how are you? I'm doing well. It was a big weekend in Kansas City soccer, so Casey shout out. Casey Woso got a win. First win, baby. And yeah. rookie Victoria Pickett was the one to not only open her scoring account uh, as a pro, but also help give Kansas City that first win. So big night uh, for Casey Woso and for Sporting Kansas City as well. A huge victory on the road against Dallas. So just all around, hey, two shutouts and two wins. Doesn't get better than that. And we've got a man sporting a very hipster sporting Kansas City shirt, celebrating you know, all the different landmarks in KC. Connell McCourt. How you doing, Connell? I'm fantastic, mate. Um, a similar riding on a similar wave as Ali, coming off a big weekend of soccer. Just getting into Ted Lasso, you know, very soccer-oriented this week. So Good job. You guys just helped me tease the big things we're going to do on the show today. We're going to lay it out for you. We'll recap the Sporting KC 2-0 win at FC Dallas Revenge continued amazing form away from home. We will look ahead to the Portland Timbers game with Jake Zivin, the play-by-play voice of the Portland Timbers, who are in town for a big match tomorrow night. And then we're going to talk Ted Lasso with Kathy Sudeikis, Jason Sudeikis' mother who lives here in town, operates a fantastic travel agency, and uh, she's got all kinds of great stories behind the scenes about Jason Sudeikis, how he created the show, and maybe some things that I didn't even know about that we can watch for in the show that are related to Kansas City. I'm trying to catch all the Easter eggs when I watch the show, and the biggest compliment I can pay the show is all the Kansas City Easter eggs are like my seventh favorite thing about the show, and I <laughs> love them. I love them, but the show is so much more than that. Uh, so we're going to talk with her coming up in a little bit. But let's get to it, guys. Sporting Kansas City go down to FC Dallas. Final score, FC Dallas nil. Sporting Kansas City 2. Alan Polito with an amazing left-footed finish in the first half on an assist from Daniel Shalloway and Gadi Kinda. And then Daniel Shalloway with an amazing right-footed fin- footed finish in the second half on an assist from Alan Polito. And Sporting take all three points away from home again. Ali, what was your biggest takeaway from the match? Just, the, I mean... Nothing like individually that I would want to point out other than just the team going on the road against a team in good form, playoff contender, you know, a team that is tough to beat in FC Dallas and has been tough for sporting to beat in recent uh, history. But then, you know, just when you look at their recent form on the road, it is remarkable that Kansas City has been able to go out and get 13 of 15 available points in their last five road matches. And I thought Peter Vermees said it really well after the game. They managed that game, all 100 minutes of that game, by the way, incredibly well. And, I mean, who else but Daniel Shalloween, Alan Polito helping, you know, 
get the team where it needs to be, put those chances away. It's just what Kansas City has been able to do on the road has been amazing. Let's see if they can, you know, get that form back at home at Children's Mercy Park. For me, the story is all a bit shallow, honestly, coming away from it, just not just the single him out because it was a good team performance, but just if you ever need to see a guy that's feeling himself at the minute, just so ruthless in front of the goal, like nothing at all. No, we don't like to talk about the 2019 season, but just night but and you, day. But you almost have to because of the context. It's just night and day. We're it's, not, the, it's a different player. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not watching. just talking about a guy that struggled to score goals that's now having a good year. We're talking about a guy that didn't score for two years who's now – in an MVP race. And the way he took his goal, too. Was With the so... likes of Raul Rui Diaz, by the way. like. And we were talking about, uh, just before we came on, we were talking about Lewandowski. Scored, he just scored today for Bayern against Dortmund. His goal reminded me of goal Lewandowski scored a couple of years ago. Again, I think it was Real Madrid. He scored four goals, and one of them that he took, it was just the ball dropped to him. Instinct, pure instinct rifled it past the goalkeeper and it reminded me exactly of because Shallowy a couple of years ago probably takes two three touches or probably doesn't even get the shot off this time one touch instinct I talked to him about that goal actually training today it were, we were talking about just his form and and he actually brought it up just crediting the fact that yeah there's like a little bit of luck involved sometimes those particular moments don't fall your way and mm-hmm. result in a goal but he also provided that as context to like the form that he's in right now. I mean, when he's in those dangerous areas, Vermees even said it, he is, he's putting those balls in the back of the net. It's Mm -hmm. just, that's how it's happening. And I mean, he is proving that he can score in a number of different situations. And it reminds me of in 2018, I'll never forget the one goal that he scored on the road against Atlanta. It was like, oh man, this guy, he can score in a number of different ways. And it was like that rocket outside the box that I think they won that game Mm 2-0. I think Guzan maybe went out with the red card, but just... It's phenomenal, and it's only getting better. That's why I'm not big on luck, because when you're playing like this, you create your luck. When the moment happens, you pounce on it, and he's had opportunities in the past that might have been lucky that just didn't finish. The touch that he put through the legs of the defender before the the shot was as impressive to me as anything, because that was a guy that wasn't thinking he's playing, and that's the way he is right now. My takeaway, guys, I freaking love this team. I love this soccer team. Brad Martell, our, uh, I should not say his name on the air because it gives him a stroke of the ego every time I do. But, um, he, <laughs> happy birthday, by the yeah, way. I guess now we have to, to say that. Martell, I guess uh, sharing a birthday with Thierry Henry is just outrageous to me, uh, which Brad Martell does. But he came up to us after the game was over um, the other night, and he just said, this might be my favorite sporting team to watch. And that's, with all due respect to some incredibly likable teams, teams mm-hmm. that were easy to root for, teams that you love, that you're proud of. And this team, now obviously, they got to go take care of business, you know, as the season continues and into the postseason to to reach that echelon of all those other teams that won trophies. Certainly, I think we think this team's at least capable of that. But when it comes to watching them play, this team goes on the road. They don't just win road games; they smash teams by mm-hmm. two, three goals. Uh, they when they get their chances. That's been one of the storylines of many of the sporting teams over the years. Was Boy, they play good soccer, but they got to get a lot of chances to score enough goals because they're just not as clinical as they need to be. They get two chances the other night, and they bury them both. Um, and not so- to mention, that's been even without Alan Polito at times, yeah. which, you know, yeah. another part of that storyline was that Sporting needs their number nine. They need to go out and get a number nine. Well, even when that number nine hasn't been playing, the depth of this team and the ability to step up and be clutch in those moments has been on display a number of times. The whole team. They, yeah. they, they, they had to produce without Tim Milia in the back for the first five games of the year. They've had to produce without Alan Polito up top. They've had to produce without. They, they sold Gianluca Busio <laughs> and they continue to crank out results. Mm-hmm. Every 
every part of the team, guys have had to miss games, and somebody has filled right in, and and the the train has kept moving. That's another reason that you just I find this team so, and the characters, the personalities, the people that are playing for them, they're easy to like, they're easy mm-hmm. to root for. I just love this team, and I and I just am hoping the best for them the rest of the season, and I'm expecting the best from them. Well, and I think the fans are too. The fans are feeding off that excitement. I think it's very evident every time that you just, you know, see this team play. And a word that's kind of stuck with me that Johnny used in our pregame interview ahead of the Dallas game and then Tamelia used in his press conference earlier today was excited. They're excited. Like I was talking to Johnny about, hey, you've got a congested schedule ahead. Like what, you know, what's the mentality of the team right now? He's like, we're excited because they, they know how the team's doing, and they feed off of that energy, that momentum that they're mm-hmm. building with these really impressive results. And they're just excited about about how the team's working together. It, it really is. It's such a fun group to watch, and it's it's not just one area of the game that's doing exceptionally well. It's all phases. And, you know, like, it's, I mean, soccer's a very – either you're having a good game or you're not. It's, it's very, very unusual that you can't – go in between the two. It's either you're having one or you're having the other. And it's just, everything seems to be going right at the minute. They're, they're feeling themselves. Even, like, we had the Raider look. Sometimes during that game, yeah. Dallas got in some good areas. They got hit some the po- good they shots, hit every part of the post hit you the can post, imagine. Hit the bar. <laughs> bar yeah. But you know what? That's the same as you're, you're saying. You make your own luck. Yep. So that game could have ended 0-0. But then you go up, we get our two chances. Our two strikers are ruthless at the minute. So mm-hmm. it ends 2-0, three points to us. And that's just... Hopefully that trend continues throughout through the season. All right, so now a chance to get back on the winning side of things at home against the Portland Timbers team that are smarting from a 6-2 loss to their arch rival Seattle uh, and one less day of rest than sporting Kansas City as well. We'll preview that match coming up next with Jake Zivin, the play-by-play voice of the Portland Timbers. We're off and running on the Sporting Kansas City show presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate you subscribing to the podcast, liking, writing a review, telling all your friends about it. Get the word out because this is the place where you get the best interviews uh, regarding Sporting Kansas City that you'll find anywhere. And I say that intentionally on the air right now because I'm trying to butter up our next guest who is just a really good guy. We, we talk about this sometimes um, as, as broadcast crews, the guys in the, in the production truck and all that, that uh, there are certain broadcasts around the league that you're like, oh, man, we love those guys. And when they come to town, we want to make sure we get together and have a beer with them afterwards and talk shop and all that stuff. And, uh, and that's certainly the way we feel about the Portland Timbers broadcast crew. Top of the line, good guys, great broadcast. And Jake Zivin is the play-by-play voice of the Portland Timbers. And he's here in town. They're traveling with the team. So, Jake, uh, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us. Wow, man, I am buttered up for sure. Yeah. Nate, uh, thank you. Appreciate those words. The feeling is mutual from, from our crew to your guys' crew as well. And it is great to be in Kansas City. This is We were just talking about this off air. This is our first road trip. Since the last time these two teams played here, which was back in September of 2019, uh, and then COVID hit, the Timbers didn't have an away game before COVID at the beginning of last year. This is our first time on the road after calling games you know, remotely from Portland, all the away games so far this season and last season, and what a great way to do it. Uh, a great road trip for us, a wonderful environment to be in uh, on Wednesday night, and man, yeah, just, just thrilled to be able to be there in person. So my understanding is you are currently at the very toasty 
uh, training facilities. So how, how is the weather right now for you, compar- comparatively speaking? You got here at a hot time. I apologize. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when we come from Portland, we're not used to humidity. And it, it's not too muggy right now, but even just a little bit is so different than, than what we're used to in, in the dry summer that we get up, up in Oregon. It's been hot, to be fair, in Portland. Um, we set records multiple times in the hottest days in the history of Portland, which has not been a great thing. Uh, so we're getting a little bit used to the heat, but a dry heat is different from that little humidity uh, in the air. And yeah, we walked to lunch today and it's like, man, we feel like I just got out of the shower when, when we got to lunch. I was with Matt Fortress, my broadcast partner. But uh, thankfully, the game is at night and hopefully it'll be a little cooler. And you know, for the guys who are training in this right now, they're the ones dealing with it uh, a lot more than we are. Meanwhile, we're all, we're all going, it's only 90 degrees. This is actually yeah. really, uh, really mild. I, I have jeans <laughs> on today just for context. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you better get used to the I'm, humidity I'm yet. I'm from initially, so like, I'm used to the okay. you know I mean? like the Midwestern <laughs> humidity. But, mm. but 10 years in Oregon now, and I get soft for sure. <laughs> and you, you better get used to it yet because you're heading to Austin next as well. You're going down to their new stadium as well before you head back up to the... Pacific Northwest as well. Are you looking forward to going to their stadium as well, Jake? Yeah, man, Austin will be great. And, yeah, it's only going to get hotter there. And with all the barbecue we're going to consume between here and Austin, like that just brings the sweats on even more. Meat right? sweats. So like, meat my, sweats. My body is working it out. Yeah, exactly. The meat sweats. Just a constant state of that for a week, right? Yeah. It is great. We, you know, the Timbers played in Austin uh, about a month and a half ago. Things go well. For Portland, that came with a national TV. We, we weren't there as broadcast crew, so we called it on the radio in Portland, so I can't wait for that atmosphere. Um, looked amazing in that game, and, and certainly, you know, it didn't go the Timbers' way, and it did go Austin's way, and that was their kind of big coming-out party explosion as, as a fan base, too, I think, where, where they were able to really up the party because, because the team won for the first time and scored for the first time uh, in their stadium. And, and it looked like an amazing uh, atmosphere to be in. And so for me, more than anything, as somebody who, who loves this league and loves this sport, and love the sport in this country to be able to experience one of those new fantastic atmospheres that I haven't yet. Uh, really can't wait for, for Saturday as well. And we're visiting with the play-by-play voice of the Portland Timbers, Jake Zivin, as Sporting Kansas City get ready to take on the Timbers uh, Wednesday night, 7.30 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. You can hear all the play-by-play along with Valley Sports Kansas City. Uh, and, and, Jake, your team is coming off of a tough one, the 6-2 loss, yeah. obviously in a rivalry game at home. Sporting KC last week uh, got put to the sword against Leon 6-1. to Very different circumstances, but either way, you give up yep. six goals, it, it stings, right? It leaves a mark. Sporting responded really well. They, they, they went down to Dallas, got a 2-0 win. They bounced back. I'm curious if you have a read at all on, on how the team is handling. I always think that team's a dangerous team that's coming off a loss that really stings. Uh, you get a sense for how the team's handling everything that happened this past weekend? Yeah, I think, you know, like I think it's a team that still is confident in, in their ability. I think it's a team that feels okay about, about the way they play. And then, look, the scoreline was, is not good, right? And, and nobody's going to say it is. And, and that's going to go down in, in this rivalry for a long time. And the Sounders supporters will certainly let the Timber supporters know about it for years and years to come. But the, if you watch the game, the first 60 minutes, the Timbers were, were the better team. Totally, right? yeah, totally. Far, and and they, yep. just didn't, they just didn't finish their chances. Right, The first half. To me, maybe the best first half the Timbers have played this season. And, yeah, they're down to nothing at 30 minutes in and then 2-1 at the half. But, but they were really good. And, and, like, the expected goals bear that out. And I'm not a huge expected goals guy because I think 
it doesn't give a uh, total picture. I think that being able to finish your chances is an important skill and is a sign of a good team. And I think expected goals uh, obviously just kind of shows if you're able to get into those places, which is important as well. Um, but there was basically two to one in favor of the Timbers expected goals until about the 75th minute. And then it, it went really downhill and, and they let it get away from them. But six to two to me does not, you know, give the picture of, of that entire game. And so I think if the Timbers can look at it as, look, we were really good for 60 minutes. We didn't finish our chances. It could have been three to two or four to two in favor of us at halftime if we had finished our chances in the first half. Um, and then, you know, we let it get away. And, and so if they say, hey, we're, we're, the, we're the team from the first 60 minutes. We're not the team from the last 30 minutes. Uh, then, then, you know, they'll, they'll be all right going forward. And, and I think there's confidence that they are that team. Look, they have a lot of talent. Um, you look at the players, you look at the roster, and they know that. And so we'll see. But I, I do think it, it's important, right? And, and it'll be interesting and it'll be enlightening in a way to see how this team responds on, on Wednesday night. And it's not easy, right? You know, yeah, it's, you, know, you lose 6-2, you want to see the response, and then you got to go play the best team in the West. A team that scored the most goals, a team that can do that as well at home, right? You guys know that better than anybody. So we'll see how they respond. I expect them to respond well. I expect them to come out strong. But, yeah, obviously a score line um, that, that they, won't, they won't want to see repeated and, and that you know, they want to forget about quick. Well, and, Jake, that's one thing that I know you had just mentioned, sporting uh, just all of the – statistics as far as their productivity offensively and, and this Portland team's really struggled as far as goals conceded it's concerned uh, of course you know six allowed that scoreline against Seattle didn't necessarily reflect how Portland played in that game but the reality is they are conceding goals at a higher rate uh, than any team in the West right now just what are you expecting from them defensively in this game given that trend and the fact that they're going up against a sporting team and, and yeah Portland beat them the last time Sporting was on the road, but that was the last road loss that Sporting suffered before getting results in their last five. So, you know, clearly a, a Sporting team that's in good form right now as well. Yeah, no, they are. And, and yeah, the, the defensive stuff has, has been interesting to me because it, it should be there for them. I mean, they've got really good center backs and, and Luis Mabiala and Dario Zubrich who are experienced and, and Bill Chiloma who's experienced and, and good as well. Outside backs and Claudio Bravo and Jose Carlos San Rankin, I think at times maybe the balance of, of those guys going forward, they're each pretty attack-minded. Claudio Bravo is extremely attack-minded, um, and he's incredibly talented, a young Argentinian who was on their Olympic team, uh, which is obvious. I you know, don't need to tell you guys or anybody how impressive it is to just make that roster, that, you know, the under-24 under national team of Argentina. He started two of their games in the Olympics, but he's, he really likes to go forward. And he's really good when he comes forward, but at times I think they still haven't figured out that balance when he goes, when Jose Carlos Ben Rankin goes, and, and how to make sure everything is covered. And they've only been playing together for half a year, uh, and it's a year where, again, Bravo's been gone for the Olympics, and they've had injuries, and um, like, like every team in the league has had to deal with, but I think maybe they're still trying to figure out that balance and, and playing together. I think they will. I think there's a talent there to figure it out. Uh, and, and, and get set, but you know, they've got to, as you said, against Kansas City. I mean, uh, Alan Pulido, Daniel Shallowy, Johnny Russell, you guys know it's, they're really good. They're really dangerous. For, for some reason, Timbers have matched up well against Kansas City of Wade, right? They, they're unbeaten in their last five, um, which I think goes all the way back to the 2018 playoffs uh, against Kansas City with three wins and two draws. So that's been a good matchup for Portland for whatever reason. Um, and certainly they'll hope that, that that trend will continue on Wednesday night. Jake, with the uh... 
obviously with Sporting and then you've Austin next, but then right after that you play Seattle again and coming after coming off a, a thumping, I mean resounding victory for the Sounders, is that yeah. is that something you think the team will almost relish being able to play the team so soon again that they can almost get instant, uh, I mean repay them for that for that drubbing at home basically. Yeah, hopefully, right? And I do think what happens in, in these two games will, will change that, right? If they can get two good results against Kansas City and Austin and then you have a week uh, before the Sounders, then, yeah, you know, you're, you're probably feeling like, all right, let's go. we, we got to get them back. And, and for whatever reason, that series has been the away team's series for the past few seasons. Seattle, I think, now has won four out of five or five out of six at Providence Park. The Timbers are unbeaten in their last four what now is known as, as Lumen Field. Um, and it had been a series that, for the most part, as, as most rivalries uh, do favor the home team. But for the past three years, it's completely flipped. So for maybe the Timbers will, will be happy to, to go up to Lumen Field. Seattle has six guys in the All-Star game, which is going to be a few days before, before that game. The Timbers don't have any. So will there be some tired legs? Will there be some guys enjoying themselves in L.A., enjoying that atmosphere out in Seattle? Maybe take advantage of that, but, but I think for them, the focus is obviously on, on this road trip. First and foremost, it's on Kansas City and then Austin um, and, and how things go this week, I think, could be you know, a turning point either way, to be honest, in this season. Well, it sounds like a spirited practice is going on behind you there, Jake. So we <laughs> no, you can hear it, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. They, they feel good, right? That, but that's a good sign, right? You want to yep. see that from a team coming off a loss. and. Yep. and they're having fun, and, and that's good, I think, right? You, you want that kind of energy in the group after, after a tough lot. It is too long of a season to let those types of things beat you down. Um, w- one other question I have for you, Jake, is that, well, let's see if you can just do a Cliff Notes version of the goalkeeper situation for the Portland Timbers in 2021. Yes. For our listeners that maybe haven't seen what a saga that's been. They have five different starting goalkeepers. Uh, began with Steve Clark as, as the number one. He got hurt in the MLS season opener against Vancouver. Uh, Jeff Adanella then came in, long you know MLS veteran who, who was a timber starter in the 2018 MLS Cup. Uh, well, he goes down, and, and he gets hurt uh, about a month later. They have a young 18-year-old, uh, 19-year-old Hunter Soltz, um, who at the time was the second youngest goalkeeper in MLS history when he started, I think, just a week after his 19th birthday uh he's now the third youngest because of uh, the chicago fire keeper um he got a game and 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 then oh yeah Zivicic, uh was hurt for the beginning of the season so they brought in logan ketterer this guy on loan from el paso locomotive who was amazing uh and saved the penalty against san jose and was just kind of a three-game stopgap before Ivicic could, could get healthy Ivicic Ivicic gets gets a couple starts he was amazing against salt lake uh on saturday MLS Team of the Week, totally, totally justified. Uh, Steve Clark was out hurt and um, gets to start again against Seattle and, and look, obviously made, you know, at, at least one mistake. Um, and and that, that hurt the, the team. I don't know who's going to start uh, against Kansas City on Wednesday night. Um, you know, Steve Clark was on the bench uh, against Seattle, so was available for that game. Uh, imagine he'll be available for this one as well. And it's a, it's a decision for, for Giovanni Savarese to make. But, you know, man, five starting goalkeepers mm. in, in a season, that's not something any, any team wants to have to do. We're not, that's in the first, like, ten games of the season, yep. right? Nobody wants to have to do that. And that's just kind of been a microcosm of, of how the year has gone. Okay, Jake, two quick ones for me. We were hearing, you know, the, the high spirits from the team in the background. Who's the hype man? Who's the, if you had to pinpoint the person that's helping lead uh, the charge there, who's, who is it? 
Yeah, yeah, it's Sebastian Blanco, a thousand percent, right? You guys see it when he's on the field. He's always when he's when if it's an opponent, he's always looking to get into not necessarily a fight, but a little bit of a scuffle, right? He wants to get under the skin of the opponent, and he's the guy bringing bringing the personality, uh, big time. And they missed him. They missed him not only because of how good he is on the field. Uh, you know, he was the best player in the league last summer. Was justified MVP of the MLS's back tournament. They missed that skill on the field, but they missed his personality on the training pitch. They missed his personality in the game, big time. Now that he's back starting, he started for the first time since his ACL injury uh, on the weekend against Seattle, and it's just a huge boost. Not only to again to the to the tactical technical aspects of it on the field, but just to the group as well. Well, there's an 11 year old at my house who who would say that Blanco's name might as well be Voldemort uh, for him. He does not ever <laughs> yeah, want to say his name don't like him very because much, that was uh, I think he was eight years old oh. when Blanco scored one of the most devastating goals in Children's Mercy Park history for a visiting team. It was an unbelievable goal, uh, and it was yeah. uh, and it was obviously on your guys' way to MLS Cup final. Um, so yeah, we. We, we remember. We know. We know how good that guy is, and uh, and I think that everybody in Kansas City, no matter what Portland's record is right now, they know there's a really talented team coming to town tomorrow night, and a really talented broadcast crew as well. I'll finish with the same kind of uh, butt kissing that I did to start. This. Jake, hey man, thank you so much for the time. Hope you enjoy the barbecue tonight, and we'll see you at the stadium tomorrow. Appreciate it. Great to talk to you guys. See you guys tomorrow night. All right, that is Jake Zivin, the play-by-play voice of the Portland Timbers. And, of course, Sporting taking on the Timbers tomorrow night, 7.30, right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB and on Bally Sports Kansas City. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we have a special treat. The mother of Jason Sudeikis, the creator of Ted Lasso, the most popular television show maybe in the world right now, is going to join us next. So stick around on the Sporting Kansas City Show. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts, we appreciate you subscribing and liking the show. And we are going to do something that all of us in Kansas City love to do, and that is brag about our own people and brag about our town because nobody else is going to do it for us. So uh, that's what we're going to do right now. And I'm going to start it by saying this. Who would have thought that the city of Kansas City would have had so much to offer the entire world when it comes to the, the world's game of soccer? from facilities here teaching Americans how to build soccer stadiums, uh, from World Cup watch parties that uh, are second to none in the entire world, and now to maybe the most popular television show to ever deal with the sport of soccer, at least that's currently going, certainly is no doubt, that seems to be respected across the world as well. And the guy that created it is from Kansas City, and he's got Kansas City Easter eggs all over the show, Jason Sudeikis, and we're going to talk with his mom. Who you know what? She created it because she created him. Uh, <laughs> Kathy co-creator, Sid- <laughs> co-creator. There's a better half. <laughs> co-created. There you go. Fair enough. Um, Kathy Sedakis, uh, Jason's mom, is on the show. With us. Uh, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm delighted to be with you. Thanks. And uh, we, you and I, were sharing uh, some common points. My daughter and your daughter, my daughter, my wife and your daughter, uh, danced in high school together. Uh, so we, it's, I feel like everybody in town that I run into knows one of the Sedakis family members personally somehow. So you have to be like the most popular family in town right now. 
<laughs> it's awful fun. You know, we, we nudge up there against Paul Rudd and his team, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, we're flattered and, and thrilled. So, Kathy, let's just I want to start by just getting your reaction to this show. What's it been like with your friends and family just since this thing has taken off? Did you get, a, you know, one of those pre showings? Did you have an idea of just how big uh, this show would become and how beloved, not just by people all around the world, like Nate said, but especially people here in Kansas City who kind of claim it as our own? Well, that's very, very interesting because I've known about the show, of course, since they did the TV commercial for NBC with kind of the irascible character that that was Ted Lasso. Um, And uh, they did it for NBC Sports, of course. And then when they thought it should be a TV show or it had legs to be a TV show, was 2015, and they wrote this three-arc season of a middle beginning and end way back then, and uh, we just kept looking for a place to for it to land. And when they were able to make some plans with Bill Lawrence, who'd had a bunch of successful sitcoms on, on television, he actually approached Jason um, to do a project that he was doing, and Jason said, no, but do you want to do mine? <laughs> so... They locked arms and sold it fairly quickly to Apple TV. And who'd have guessed that we would have been in that terrible uh, funk of of a business, of a life, when when this finally aired in, in 2021, I guess. Well, timing, just sometimes that's how it all works in mysterious ways. So um, that's really interesting. And, yeah, I definitely think that that played a big role in it. Oh, I think people were ready for something yep. nice instead of snarky Definitely. and and that kind of thing. And and I'm I'm thrilled that it's resonated with so many people. And I I know that that's exactly how Jason and Brendan and Joe Kelly feel. They're just um, you know they they put on paper a guy that they really liked and somebody that was pretty inspirational for all of them and use John Wooden comments and <laughs> quotes and that kind of thing. And uh, and so excited that it works. Kathy, you said the first, uh, your first introduction to the character was the uh, the NBC, of course, where I think it was the launch of the Premier League yep. or something they were starting yep. to show. Um, before that, was, was soccer ever a thing in your life? Was that ever something that went on in the Sudeikis oh. household? or? Our youngest daughter, Lindsay Sudeikis, who also lives in New York City with uh, Kristen and Jason and the babies, um, she played soccer and did some ODP stuff uh, young, but she had to decide between soccer and dance, and and somehow dance went out, Mm. so... (laughs) <laughs> well, now now all of a sudden your son is involved in, in the game. And what I've heard him do interviews where he's talked about how he's he's been happy that people that are diehard soccer fans respect the show as well. And, but, but also people that don't like soccer at all love the show. And that's a hard, that's a tough type rope to walk. And he's done such a great job of it. And I'm, I'm kind of curious what the, there has to be a burden of being, Jason Sudeikis at this point in time and being this loved because I will just tell you like my I'm dying to interview him someday like I just I have a million questions for him about the show because we're we're obviously big soccer fans here and we love Kansas City and all this stuff and I'm sure that he he's just got to be flooded with people who want to get 
to talk to him that want to you know that, that want to approach him about this and i'm kind of curious what that's been like having he's always been famous but now it seems like he's gone to a to a completely different level he's here he's there he's everywhere <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like ray kent um well actually you're right it's the the um amount of spotlight has been crazy and he hasn't been home to kansas city but we uh... we went on a family vacation with all of my seven brothers and sisters and their various and sundry spouses and <laughs> all of the uh... rest of the grandchildren seventy four strong wow, wow. And, uh, yeah he had the season two episodes uh, and he let us watch one because he was just bursting with excitement to see how we'd like it and that kind of stuff. And the whole family set literally 74 of us, three babies born during COVID, wow. um, jumped up and down. And we're j everyone's just so proud of him, you know. And yeah. Not that we didn't um, know he had it in him. And the other thing about, uh, about the notoriety and the fame, you know, of course, my brother is George Wentz, yep. Norm yep. from Cheers. So I was close to that uh, for a long time, and I was doing all the travel for the Cheers team when they were at their height, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman and Ted Danson and all of those people. So, um, you know, I was used to sneaking them into hotels <laughs> and using alias names and not letting them get caught in an elevator and, you know, at a convention hotel and, and those kinds of sideway kinds of things that you have to do to let them have a regular life. But, you know, he's he's doing fine. Uh, his manager says that, that, you know, every minute is filled, but, um, he you know, he's doing okay. I think it was really tough when um, he was trying to shoot those last few scenes, yeah. uh, last few episodes before he came home and sort of took a real breath on June 3rd. So, by the way, I'm, I think that we're dealing with the generation gap here, Kathy, because the other two... Have you guys seen an episode of Cheers? I have, as a matter oh, of fact, because yeah. those late night, um, you know, Nickelodeon, I think it would run on Nick or ABC or just, you know, you're up late, you're the only one, and they've got Cheers running. I was watching oh, The Nanny, dad, all the all that fun my stuff. My dad and I watched Cheers, I mean, religiously watched Cheers No, I did together. not watch religiously, but I've oh. seen, I know, I get the gist of it. Oh, what a great show. Um, everyone knows your name, right? Yeah. That's yeah, right. yep. that's the one. And and as a matter of fact, I can watch it late at night and think, I never saw this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't too busy. You're coordinating the travel. You had other things to worry about. But also I have seen it on television in Africa. I've seen it wow. in New Delhi. I've wow. seen it in with um, subtitles in China, in Hong Kong. It's hysterical. I would take steal the... TV guide from any of the <laughs> hotel rooms I was in, so it was kind of funny. You know, the, so cool. the, the thing about that show, though, and I'm just, this is kind of dawning on me while we're having the conversation that, that people loved, I think, so much about Cheers. Not only was it incredibly uh, funny, the characters were so relatable, and, and, and Norm, the, you know, George's character, was, was a really relatable character, and there was this, and I'm going to transition to talking about Ted Lasso for a second, he... I, I was not prepared for how real and relatable and how multidimensional the characters were going to be in this show. And there's one scene that's, that I can just tell you as an example. In this, and I'll, spoiler alert for those that haven't seen this season, when all of a sudden the concept of bringing a therapist into the building is brought up, and he's and they're like, what's your reaction? And he says, I think, like, general... Uh, 
apprehension, modern Midwest skepticism. And I was like, that's exactly how I feel anytime I thought about a therapist. And he tells the story about, you know, Ted Lasso's character felt like the therapist that he had seen with his wife, they had kind of ganged up on him. And uh, only told his side of the story, heard the yeah. side of the story. When yeah. my parents got divorced, I was in uh, third grade and my mom took us to see a therapist. And it was my mom, my sister, and me, and, the, and a female therapist. And they basically sat around and talked about what a crappy person my dad was, who was my hero. You know, and my dad has a lot of flaws like every other person, but I just felt like, why am I being dragged into this, this session where everyone's just telling me that my hero's a rotten person and I need to re realize it? And, and so, like, when he said that, um, man, it resonated with me in a way, and I, and I have grown over time. I mean, I always was against therapy and, and therapists because my experience was so bad. And the conversation they had where he said, you know, that's one therapist. Right. That yeah. was the therapist that wasn't very good at her job. Um, I've now come around to this concept that, yeah, there's like therapists that are really good at their job can help you in so many ways. Anyways, and that's personal for me, Kathy, but to me, like, I'm guessing that you hear stories like that all the time where, where, where situations in the show are just so relatable to people in, in their everyday lives. Oh, absolutely, and it's so fun. I think we call them Easter eggs at this stage of the game, these mm -hmm. little things, but really really clever things are part of the thing did you notice in one of the first i think it's the first episode of season two that he walks into the room and they all go ted oh Maybe i didn't Mike notice oh, oh my gosh <laughs> and he gives he gives a line just like that so george had come and his wife had come with us to the premiere of season two that they held in, in Los Angeles on the roof. They built a pitch on the roof of the Pacific Design oh, wow. Center. And even Tim Cook came. So it was pretty much of a, a pretty spectacular party. And they flew in the whole cast from the UK. So we got to mm. meet all of them. But George was there in all his glory because, of course, Jason always says that having George achieve that kind of status or just that um, as a lovable character and drinking free beer for the rest of his life. <laughs> he made him believe that it could happen to a Midwest kid, mm -hmm. you know, and why not? So, so uh, he, he put those parameters out there for, for Jason to explore, and he's always been incredibly supportive uh, of Jason. He just told me at one point, as long as he doesn't lose focus, He's going to be great. <laughs> well, that's when I would tell him he needed to get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kathy, the, that's a perfect kind of segue into what I wanted to talk with you about next. And that is, you know, when Jason was growing up, what was he like as a kid and as a parent with with a child who has those kind of aspirations, but is also growing up around it? Um, you know, what, what was your experience like with, with his journey to this point? And, and what are some memories that you have of, of him pursuing this at a young age? Well, Allie, he never actually uh, took a theater class or did anything in theater. <laughs> he was a basketball player, and I remember his sixth-grade English teacher at Holy Cross Grammar School saying to him, now, on the off chance that the NBA does not find you here in Overland Park, Kansas, could we do an English paper? Or two? <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome. But he was not the class clown either. He was... Um, he was t uh, Ferris Bueller. I have said that a lot lately, <laughs> but he got out of everything. We never saw a report card after his 16th birthday. Uh, he, I don't know 
where it went, but we never saw the rest of the kids either. They either had paid off the mailman at the corner of the block, or I'm so glad it was ahead of the computer. He'd be in there getting <laughs> changing grades. He's so mischievous. <laughs> mischievous. <laughs> Kathy, are you in some way, I mean, obviously not surprised is probably a, a, the wrong word, but like intrigued about how just far-reaching this has actually been. People have been a bunch of people have been telling me because they know I like soccer. You need to watch this show. And this is people who are dead against soccer uh, <laughs> sometimes. Like, they're like, you really need to watch it. It annoys them how much they like the show and stuff like that. So I've checked it out recently. But it's got so big. And, of course, you know, we're kind of lobbying for a World Cup spot here. So it's actually putting Kansas City on the world stage. Oh, absolutely. It- and, and we're hoping he can he can be a face of it a little bit. So <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't asked him yet. Nobody's asked him, but patience is a virtue for, but- for that kind of uh, cat. Um, anyway, yeah, it's it's been a surprise. He's more well-known in Europe hmm. than he is here because that first season, it wasn't, and isn't it fun to see at the end of the show all the languages, the people who play the same parts, but it's in Chinese and Russian and Arabic and and German and French. It's so fun <laughs> to see the when the credits roll that it has all of that uh, airplay in so many places. Uh, you know, we were busy telling people to watch it on Apple TV way back in the first season. And then finally, the word of mouth became so so fabulous. And now I get the biggest kick out of um, there are a whole lot of Twitter feeds, um, Cult of Lasso and mm-hmm. Be Ted Lasso and all those kind of things. People make memes and different things. But every single day that I that I get on the on Twitter, and it's not every single day, but when I am am going there, there's always something, someone saying, I'm late to the party, but I'm here now. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I knew about this, uh, you know, sooner. Mm-hmm. It, it's the perfect antidote for what I'm facing. So, so did I understand you correctly that nobody's reached out to him to, to be a part of the World Cup bid process? Oh, no. Kathy Nelson's okay. an important <laughs> part of, of uh, you know, I do her travel, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. I was going to say, that's yeah. a major failure on our part right. if we're not doing everything we can. I know that, uh, that, 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 you know, we, everybody in Kansas City would love to have him be a part of anything. It's just he's so busy and he's got so many things pulling. And that's so the Midwest nice in us. We don't yeah. want to bother the guy. Right. But at the same right. time, we, uh, you know, we want him involved as much as we can. Yeah. And well, we're hoping, of course, that he'll come back for Big Slick. Yep. Uh, and, and that's where thick in the thick of planning that. And I don't know what kind of a commitment he's made to Thundergong this year with the mm. Steps of Faith group. Mm. But that's usually a weekend in November. And, and I'm hoping personally that there'll be a Saturday Night Live hosting gig. So oh, we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see. They won't go back to Europe until, uh, I mean, to London until Christmas again. And they'll stay another six months and the children will go to a proper English school where they had cricket Wow. And meditation classes and more uniforms and blazers and, uh, you know, little round collar plaid things and white shoes. Anyway, they'll go back to school in, in London proper uh, in January. What, what an amazing 
journey. The, the whole right. thing has been, um, and it's really, really great to get a chance to talk to you, Kathy. I'm, we could keep you on forever. Well, um, I've got one yeah, last go ahead, quick go ahead, question Allie. that I meant to ask it. you. You know, obviously your son's got to be your favorite character, but besides Ted Lasso, who's your favorite character? Who are you rooting for That's in the show? Oh, please, Roy Kent. Uh, <laughs> I, I heard Hannah uh, Washington on an interview with Juno Temple um, that they did sort of a podcast, but with pictures and things, and they were playing the equivalent of the newlywed game where they both had slates and they she'd ask, the reporter would ask questions and they'd both fill it out and hold it up to see how much they remembered. And it was who breaks you up on set most. <laughs> and it, it was Roy Kent, of course. And um, she said, he has to, he can't even look at us. He has to look at the side of our forehead and we have to look at the side of his forehead because we just lose it completely mm -hmm. whenever we're together and Juno Temple of course who plays his love interest is just hysterical but and he's supposed to be you know Oscar the Grouch and so many of the tweet the um the memes and and gifts and stuff but uh so when I was with him in at the opening weekend uh the premiere weekend I put my hands on both shoulders and said, let me see this smile <laughs> that melts everyone's heart because <laughs> we don't do it on the show. And he was from ear to ear, just incredibly delightful. All of them having a renaissance in their careers that they were meant to be at the right place at the right time. It's so special. Well, and he is one of many, but he is a perfectly created character from people who know the world of soccer and know the world of sports because like my wife and I watch the the show and we're like we know that guy right yep we know and, and maybe it's a combination of two or three guys mm -hmm. we've known on the, but but Kathy I'm telling you Jacob Peterson who does the broadcast with me right now when I approached him we were we were looking for a new color commentator and I was like I found out he was in town and I said you know you'd be really good at this and his response was almost exactly what Roy's was in the movie, where he's like, they're crap people, I hate them, I would never want to be one, I've always hated them. And we had to kind of work on him for a while to be like, hey, man, you, you know, you really ought to consider this, you'd really enjoy being, I mean, it was, and so as soon as that episode hit, I was texting Jacob going, please tell me you've watched it, please tell me you've watched <laughs> this it. This is you. We have to have a conversation. Well, I always <laughs> think of Gordon Hill, who was a World Cup soccer player at the, you know, the original Iwiki comets and things like that and that was part of jason's life for sure uh running loose in in kemper arena uh during the comets glory days that's cool. so um fun but gordon hill was, was and is still a good friend and he was uh, much more well known out in europe than certainly in the united states because he was a world cup soccer player for for manchester united and and uh you know there it the Fans were rabid when he spot, when someone spotted him. <laughs> well, hey, Kathy, again, thank you so much for the time. Congratulations on your entire family because I know uh, you've said many times you love all of your children equally. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all they're all doing great things. Um, and and you're doing great things. Would you like to plug your travel agency business or anything like that while you've got the time? You seem oh, pretty absolutely. busy too. Absolutely, we're a send us travel it's a-c-e-n-d-a-s.com we have corporate business uh, 200 million and we have vacation business business that has been 
uh, working from home for the last 18 months, two years, and it's been exciting because cruises are st- starting to come back. I was working today on somebody going to Hawaii on September 20th and lots of planning for Christmas and for next year. So we're just all holding our breath about the Delta variant mm. issues because right now every one of the airlines um, has required that their employees are vaccinated and of course you have to have a mask on from the moment you enter the airport proper to the day the spot when you get off the plane so i think the plane ride is good and the hotels are really raising all the bars to make sure they test every vendor that comes into a hotel they tell you know if you're bringing the beers or the pretzels they're they're or the sheets they're testing you every day and uh it's it's uh Everybody's anxious to go, very anxious to go. Take their whole family. It's so fun, so fun. My specialty, because of this large family, has always been multi-generational travel, Mm. where um, for a while their grandparents were taking their adult kids and their kids on trips. And then, of course, after um, all of the huge hit boom of uh, Silicon Valley, it was the kids taking the parents and all these yeah. things. And <laughs> now it's sort of, sort of evened out, but it's much more fun than a 25th wedding anniversary that's uh, cocktails and dinner and, and better than a 50th birthday party when you can all share some memories and create memories. Ascendus.com, A-C-E-N-D-A-S.com. Did I get Correct. that right? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, um, for, for the uh, vacation part, it's AscendusVacations.com. Uh, I might be hitting you up because I, I'm trying to uh, plan a little vacation to see a big mouse in Florida with my kids. <laughs> and I, it sounds like that takes a lot of work. So, hey, Kathy, again, thank you so much for the time. And hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again in the future. Great. Thanks, both of you. I'm uh, thrilled to have the chance to... Praise, uh, praise, and sing his praises. I guess is the. Is the <laughs> Thank is the you, Kathy. Yeah. Take care. Bye bye. Okay, that's Kathy uh, Sudeikis. Uh, her son's name is Jason, and he does the television <laughs> kind show of a that big you deal. Really, really watch. We're gonna we're gonna just go ahead and call it quits for the show right now because we're out of time. This has been awesome. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, Portland. We already did the preview of that with Jake Zivin earlier. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at Children's Mercy Park, seven thirty, Bally Sports, Kansas City. And on Sports Radio 810 WHB. For Ali Trost and Connor McCourt, this is Nate Bucati saying thanks for listening. You're presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. We'll see you next week on the Sporting Kansas City Show.